pipes and in this life, but son, we don't see shade. She got my eye, might make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. We spend a time, you have a good night. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside the Dome. I am John Dodera, and I am joined with Carlin Jacob and our special second guest speaker, Lance Johnson. How are you What's doing? Up, folks? Hey, I'm doing What's all right, up? man. I'm just looking forward to the first week of some great NFL action coming up. So I'm happy to be here with you guys, and we can talk about some of the stuff that's going down here. Yes, uh, before we get started, just for some of our listeners, uh, if you just want to say anything about yourself, if you want so people can get to know you a bit, just anything brief. Oh, yeah. Um, so about me, I've known John since like around freshman year at WVU. We stayed at the same dorm together. Um, for those of us on campus at West Virginia University, you all know like Dadisman Hall. It's like known oh, yeah. as like. <laughs> the most extroverted it's near frat row and all the shenanigans that goes down like we could talk on and on about this there's just so many stories and it's just like i kind of knew john because i lived right next to him we were like basically just like section upon section right next to each other down the hallway so it was just like i walked by and just get to know him and we all had common interests and keeping widely up with sports, especially with college football and the NFL. And now I'm here joined with you guys. So I'm glad to yes. be here. And there is a reason why I wanted you on this episode, because who's your favorite NFL team? The Dallas Cowboys, baby. Exactly. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Like I have a family oh who is like located around like the Dallas Fort Worth area. And as a matter okay. of fact, my yeah. aunt lives like two miles from the stadium. So it's just kind of like a family wow. tied kind of thing. Have you been, yeah. have you ever been to a Jerry world? Yeah. I've actually taken a tour inside the stadium like seven really? years ago. And yeah. I've seen the locker rooms. I've seen the place where Jerry sits for games and got to walk around the field. It was absolutely amazing. I'll definitely wow. do it again. That does actually kind of sound awesome. I'm not going to lie. I would love to go visit Jerry world. Yeah, highly recommended. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the reason why I wanted you on this episode, because today we will be covering the AFC East and the NFC East. Now, Carlin, in the first episode of this miniseries, he did the South. I did the West in the last episode. So now it's time for the East. So we will start with the AFC East. We will brief give our briefing on each team in the division. And at least Carlin and I, we will give our record predictions for each team. So we will start with the East. And the first team I think we should talk about is the New England Patriots of the East. So I wish we had Jordan in this episode because this is his team. But I'll, I'll start with you, Lance. What do you, how do you think the Patriots are going to do this season? So when we go back, like I want to start off with the 2022 recap first and just build off from there. 
So when we talk about the Patriots here, they had an eight and nine record last year. And as a ranking, they had probably the worst starting receiver core in the NFL. And following after that, you had Mac Jones who had a mediocre season with a struggling offense. So pretty much there was nothing much in motion going on for the offense. So the only thing they had was their defense was, which was their main strength. So going into the off season, with key additions and adding Juju Smith-Schuster. And then you have Mike Jacecki following after that by free agency. And then you have the key draft and Kayshawn Boutte out of LSU. Um, with some of the stuff in the additions, I would have to say that I think it's going to be kind of a step back, actually, when you're looking at it because of just the rigor of the schedule. Now, if we talk about, um, say, before their bye week, now I'm not sure which week is their bye week, but what I do know for a fact is that they would have to play the Eagles, the Bills, Jets, Cowboys, Saints, and Dolphins twice before their bye week. So just going off of that, I think they're going to have one of the more harder schedules, maybe the hardest schedule in the NFL. So just going off a prediction here from my point of view, I'd probably have to give them like seven and 10, something like that. So that would be my assessment. So out of all the teams in the AFC East, I easily have the Patriots being down at the bottom. Like you can't compete with teams like the Bills or the Jets or the Dolphins. I think like it's going to be definitely one of the harder um, divisions to be playing for this season. And I think it's just too much for the Patriots to build on. So that is my takeaway on that. I like it. So you said, uh, you mentioned bye week. So I can confirm that the Patriots bye week is week 11, actually. So mm -hmm. they got a way to go. And week one, they play the Eagles. They play the Dolphins week two. They play the Cowboys week four. They play the Chiefs week 15. So they have a tough schedule, like you said. Carlin. Yeah, it's very grueling. Yeah. Carlin, what are your thoughts on the Patriots this season? Oh. Uh, basically, a lot what Lance said. Uh, the Patriots, I mean, they have a very, very good defense. One of the best defenses in the league. Their offense, not so much. Mac Jones is just not it, I believe, in, up in Boston. He hasn't played good. He hasn't really looked good since his rookie year when he took him to the playoffs. I mean, they got Juju. They got a, key, a couple of key other ingredients on offense side of the ball. But looking at their schedule and going through their schedule, like you said, Philly, Miami, Dallas, New Orleans, which they could win, but I, don't, I didn't pick them to win. Uh, Vegas, Buffalo, Miami, Washington, and Indy all before the bye week. It's going to be hard. And then they still have to they have to go to Arrowhead. They have the Steelers. They got to play the Bills and the Jets again. It's going to be a very hard season for them. I got them going four and thirteen. Wow, and five in their division. Ooh. I have them pretty low. They're not the worst team in the AFC, but. I think it's going to be it. The AFC is going to be very, very hard. Um, 
and just wait till you hear some of these predictions. But yeah, they're last in the division, four and thirteen, one and five in the record. Man, uh, I'm not as harsh as you on this one because what's funny was when I was doing last episode, you and I had very similar record predictions for both divisions that I did, but we're not starting on a good note here because <laughs> I'm a little, I'm more on Lance's side a bit in terms of predicting a record, but I think there's one key thing that both of you forgot and it kind of deals with Mac Jones, but more of the offense is this is going to be the third offensive coordinator for Mac Jones. Now year one, he had Josh McDaniels and Mac Jones had a very good rookie season. I would say, I think many people could say that year two, his coordinator was Matt Patricia, who is more known for defense. And that off that scheming was just terrible last year. I think that had a bit of a role to do with Mac Jones regression, but now he has Bill O'Brien who, yes, he's a terrible GM and a head coach, but he is a good coordinator. So I'm a little bit more optimistic with this offense, just because I think now they have a competent coordinator. Other people on the team, they have Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott as their running backs. Lance, what do you think about Zeke? How do you think he's going to be this year? Uh, probably expecting not much of anything. I don't think he's going to be getting as much playing time. Um, I kind of missed him a little bit, actually, like some may disagree. But back when he was with Dallas, the thing that I've seen from him was how good of a blocker he was. Now, despite the fact that he gone downhill with playing at the running back position. Tony P- Pollard just can't block. Like even if he tries to do it, there'd be like a flag called on him. Like there were some instances in some games last year where we had some holding penalties that were kind of costly because of Tony Pollard's blocking. So I kind of miss Ezekiel Elliott's blocking a little bit. Yeah. I've I liked him in fantasy last year, I'll say that. But they have decent weapons. Juju Smith-Schuster is now their top weapon. Hunter Henry and Mike Gizicki are the tight ends. Uh, like Carlin said, they have a good defense. They've always been consistent. I, this season, I'm going to be a bit generous. I have them going 8-9. and nine. That is the record I have them going. I have them missing the playoffs, of course. I have them losing to the Eagles week one, losing to the Dolphins, losing to the Jets. I have them losing the first four games, losing to the Cowboys. Finally beating the Saints. Uh, other key matchups. I have them being a lot of the simpler teams. I have the Giants beating them. I have the Steelers beating them. Sorry, Jordan. But the final week, I have them beating the Jets. So I have them going 2-4 and four in their division, but 8-9 and nine overall. But I think they'll be in the middle of the road team. They'll have a good defense, but... I don't know. I don't know if the offense will be enough. This is a big year for Mac Jones, so we'll see how he goes. But moving on to the next team in this division. In this team, people think that this team could either be very good or they could be the next Denver Broncos, potentially. And that I am talking about is the New York Jets. So, Carlin, what do you think about the New York Jets this season? You mean the Green Bay Jets? Bro, listen, say that. I feel like every player in New York came from Green Bay. It has to be. Obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers, basically all of his wide receivers. Um, They got Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, not Green Bay, but the same division. 
Um, and then they, you can't forget that they have uh, Brees Hall and what's his name? Who's our cornerback? I can't think of his name. I'm blanking here. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. They have a really, really good team. Their head coach is kind of iffy, but the team went 7-10 and 10 last year, which was really surprising. Also, with Zach Wilson as quarterback, he only balled out once, and that was against the Pitt uh, Steelers, and I don't even think that was such a good game. But he, they have a really good roster this year, though it could be like the Denver Broncos, and kind of scares me. Um, but I have bigger faith in them. They lost Corey Davis. Corey De- Davis decided just to straight up retire, which I get. <laughs> um, but I, w- I would have stuck around for one more year because you got Aaron Rodgers. And this team, honestly, could go to the Super Bowl. They could. I think you're going to be shocked. I got them going 12-5. and five Wow. With a 2-4 and four divisional record, getting the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs. Man, who do you? So you have them going two and four in the divisions. So you have the Bills beating them twice, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, you just go through and you're like, I just picked like random sides of the division because honestly, like anything can happen with any division team. You know, like the Commanders could beat the Giants and everyone would be shocked. Not the Giants, the Cowboys. Sorry, the and like people would like be like, why? You know, like. The third string backup on the Giants could like absolutely crap out the Cowboys. Anything can happen, especially in division football. So that's why I have him going two and four. I think Rodgers is going to struggle a little bit, but since he has so many weapons around him, that's why I say that. So I like it. Lance, do you have them going 12 and five, or do you have them being the next Denver Broncos? What do you think? So I do not have them going 12 and five. Now, I think that would be a possibility, but what the way I looked at it was is that it's just kind of like it's a matter of if the offense can click quick enough, right? So you have Aaron Rodgers with the 17 years of experience that he had with the Packers and coming to New York, it's kind of like the rejuvenation effect, like just bringing New York back to life because New York has had its fair share of struggles of not having a good quarterback since Joe Namath, right? So now you have Aaron Rodgers as a set piece. And I like the name, like the Green Bay Jets. You have like, because you have Randall Cobb and you have Alan Lazard with experienced wide receivers that are already going to be helping with um, the wide receiver positions with an already young wide receiving core. And I think a pretty strong one too. But the thing is, is that they're going to be playing in a tough division. And you got to consider the fact that they're, be, they're going to be playing against the Bills and they're going to be playing against Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins. So if I had to go off of the realistic perspective on this, I'll give them more of a 10-7 and 7 to an 11-6 record. I feel like 12-5 and 5 is kind of like a little bit above the bar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I have them also going 10-7, and so I will get into that in a second. But the key with this Jets team is Aaron Rodgers. Will he be the MVP caliber quarterback we saw two to three years ago, or will he be like last season and regress? I think 
He'll be a bit of both in the middle. I don't think he'll be MVP level, but I think he could be better than what he was last season because he has Garrett Wilson as his top target, and I think he takes a big stride. But he has a decent receiving room. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Nicole Hardman, Carlin already mentioned the running backs on that team. Above average O-line, too. Defense, like Carlin mentioned, Sauce Gardner, he is arguably a top three corner in the league. Quinn Williams on the D-line. DJ Reed as another corner. DJ Reed actually said that he wants the Jets to be the next Legion of Boom. I don't know if I believe that or not, but they do have a not bad secondary. I will say that, but they have nice second year guys too, like Jermaine Johnson, who might get more of a role. But I have them going 10-7. I will give them more credit. The big upset that I'm going to give the Jets, I said in the last episode, I'll say it again here. I have the Jets beating the Chiefs week four. I'm going to call that an upset in a way. The Jets are home. I think they'll lock down the Chiefs receivers. Maybe not Travis Kelsey, but I think at that point, at that point in the season, I have the Jets going one and two, losing to the Bills and Cowboys, but then beating the Patriots. So in week four, I have them finally starting to click and having them beat the Chiefs. I have the Eagles beating them in week six. Other matchups, I have the Jets beating the Bills in week 11, so they split the series there. And week 18, big week 18 here I put down. I had the Patriots beating the Jets in week 18, and therefore I don't have the Jets making the playoffs this year. I have them missing the playoffs very close, but I have them going 10-7. and So this team could be either very good or very mediocre. Or in the middle. We will see. But next team. And this is another team where it can go very well or very bad with depends on one player. And that is the Miami Dolphins. And I'll start with the Miami Dolphins. So the big question mark with them is Tua. And last season when he played. One game I remember with Tua was against the Ravens where he fed Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. They went off Tua through for like 400 to 500 yards. He is one of the most accurate passers, short to medium range. Deep ball, not elite, but Tyreek Hill can make anything happen. Sometimes it's underthrown, but Tyreek Hill will catch it. Tyreek Hill proved he's arguably a top three receiver in the league. Raheem Moster is their starting running back. The other running backs are injured right now, including Jeff Wilson Jr., so Moster will have to carry the load. I was wondering this. I was playing Madden. Their starting tight end is Durham Smythe. So that's something that they had Mike Gazeki, so that's kind of a weak spot. But they have an above-average O-line, too. Turn Armstead is their starting left tackle. He's very good. Defense, Christian Wilkins, we talked about him a couple episodes ago. He has not signed an extension yet, but I don't think he will be holding out in the process. Like guys like Nick Bosa and Chris Jones might be holding out. Wilkins shouldn't be holding out, but Jalen Phillips, another young guy, linebacker. Bradley Chubb, who they got from the Broncos. Jerome Baker, too. Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey will miss the first four weeks, but... That should be a good cornerback duo. And they have pretty good safeties too. So the Dolphins, 
If two is healthy, I think they'll be better than what I give them a bit. But in terms of the ranking I gave them, I was a bit cautious and thinking like, oh, maybe two, I might miss a game or so. But I'm hoping he doesn't. I have them going 10 and seven as well as the Jets. So week one, I have them losing to the Chargers. But I have them beating the Patriots, beating the Broncos. I have the Bills beating them both times, actually. Both times they play. I have them splitting against the Patriots. And I have them beating the Jets both times. So those are some divisional rivalry games. So I have them going 3-3 three and three in the division. I have them losing to the Chiefs. But I do not have them making the playoffs as I have them losing their final two weeks against the Ravens and Bills. So they're close. They could easily make the playoffs. But I have them going 10-7. and seven. So... Lance, what about you? How do you think this Dolphins team will be? Yeah, so kind of like what you said from earlier, the key to success with the Dolphins season is if Tua can stay healthy, and that means especially avoiding the concussion. If we go back to last season, I think he had around like, what, two to three concussions. And if you go back even further than that, during his times with the Alabama Crimson Tide, he had his own fair share of injuries from there too. So it's just like he's injury prone and the most important thing to do is protect him as much as possible. So let's say, so the major worry would be if Tua gets another concussion, it's basically like kind of like a season ender right there when you're talking in terms of making it to the playoffs. So what the prediction is, is that looking at the schedule, they will have a difficult schedule ahead in the beginning, they'll be facing in order first the Chargers, then the Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, and Patriots, if my memory can recall. And I believe that the Dolphins will face them twice before their bye week on week 10. So be a tough schedule up ahead, but I believe they will be able to give um, – I think they'll beat the Patriots, Chiefs. That's questionable. Eagles, they're a super team. Bills, that that's going to be another tough competition. The Chargers, I think it, it could go either way. But just, just speculating with all the stuff that I've been looking on the Dolphins, just by looking at the brutal schedule, I think they'll end up finishing somewhere around a 9-8 and eight record. And last thing before I close – off on the Dolphins is that paying attention to their last three games of the season, which would be the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. So it's kind of loaded up with some postseason potential teams in that mix. So if the key to success is keeping Tua healthy in an already competitive AFC East with Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, even if Tua gets hurt, I mean, they'll still be competitive, especially when you look at, like, the playoffs from last season when they played against the Bills. They were staying toe-to-toe with them. Well, not toe-to-toe, but they kept it close near the end there. But if Tua stays healthy, I think they'll have a good chance of making the postseason. So that's my take on that. Like, uh, one other point real quick before I – as Carlin, they also have a new defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. 
very respected in terms of being a defensive coordinator. So that's another point to mention too. Carlin, how do you think they're going to do this season? All right. <clears throat> Miami Dolphins. Last year, they looked phenomenal. They were 2-0 going in, and I think they ended up being 3-0 before they took their first loss. And then obviously you have when the Bengals announced their white helmets, the white game came out, you know, everyone was so excited, and then Tua got injured. And Tua got injured the previous week before, but he still stayed in the game and won the game. And then you watched him obviously go down on the field, get hurt. Everyone's so scared, worried for him. Miami continued to lose that game. Then Tua, I don't know if Tua played the rest of the season. I think Tua came back and then he got injured again, I'm pretty sure. Whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, Tua played phenomenal last season. But when Tua didn't play, they didn't look great. But obviously, you have um, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. You lost Mike Isecki. Uh You get Jalen Ramsey after week four. I don't know if Eli Apple made the team. I was assuming Eli Apple made the team. Did he make the team? Uh, I will have to confirm that because I just... All right, yeah, go confirm that. Actually, I can do it right now. Uh, He is... Wait a second. Is he on the team? He might not be on the team. There's no way. I Eli, I don't see yeah. Eli Apple. Uh, okay, I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to research this right now. I All right, need to so confirm that. Their defense was pretty baller last year. I mean, obviously, they made the playoffs in the seventh seed. It was us, them, or the Jets. The Jets should have won that game, but you know what? It's fine. Whatever. And they kept up pretty good with Buffalo. Um, for what it was. Buffalo had a run for the money. Buffalo did actually win at the end of it. So, with all that being said, you're going to be shell-shocked. If my if Tua plays this whole season and plays really good, I can see him going 13-4. and four. I truthfully can. Now, if Tua doesn't play... The Jets will probably be above them and play a lot better than Miami, or they'll be right around the same. Um, but yeah, give me them thirteen and four. I have them going five and one too, which is insane. Um, I have them being the Chargers week one just because of that redemption game that on that Sunday night game where they didn't play too hot. But they do play a couple hard teams this year. Obviously, I have I think I have them losing to Dallas. Um, I can't remember all the teams they play. But yeah, they have a pretty easy schedule. Not necessarily like the best schedule, but if Tua plays all of it, I think they could go. And also, I give them the number five seed in the AFC playoffs. So, okay, well. I did some digging on Eli Apple, and nothing says he has been released. Now, the depth chart on ESPN doesn't, unless I'm blind or something, I don't see his name on the depth chart, but it hasn't said he's been released. Actually, one of the top headlines for him. (laughs) Dolphins cornerback Eli Apple reportedly refuses to help his sick child. That was from NFL Draft Diamonds. What? That's the top news story. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that was from NFL Draft Diamonds, so that's not from me. But I think he's still in the Dolphins, so that's odd, to say the least. But 
Yeah, as long as if two is healthy the whole season, I think honestly he does have a chance, or the Dolphins do have a chance to be a very good team and potentially make so the playoffs. I have if them you right on the bubble. If you go on their Dolphins roster, it has him listed. Okay, so it's just ESPN. Yeah. Okay. Come on, ESPN. You could do better than that. I'm using you for my stuff here. But anyway, yeah. the final team. Yeah. He's not on uh, the final... practice squad or anything. So it like has That's him on the roster. So, yeah. Because we never Sorry. covered we never covered him being released. So no. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, moving on. The final team that we have to talk about is the Buffalo Bills. So Will they win the division? Lance, what do you think? Will they win it? Yes, I think so. Now, talking about like season predictions, I could see him snuffing out around a 12-5 and season. And for that reason, being is that I think the offense is still intact when you have Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Dawson Knox, and you have Josh Allen in the mix. And so I think it's going to be – Similar to last year a little bit, I think they might take a slight step back, but I think they're going to be able to take control of the division and being able to win the big games as well. So just the way that it's been going, I think that the momentum will still be maintained. So with that being said, I think they will win the division, no question about it. I think they'll even be able to handle the Jets in both games, so. I like it. Yeah. Carlin, how do you see them going this year? Um, Yeah, to piggyback off of what Lance said, uh, last year was, I feel like the Bills are always one of those teams in the AFC are like, all right, we actually have a good chance to make the playoff, like make the Super Bowl this year. Yet, they haven't under Josh Allen. Um. And their head coach, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott's a really good head coach, but everyone says he's a defensive head coach. Uh, defense, Yeah, a defensive head coach. Sorry. Head a guy. So that might not help them. But obviously, they won the division year after year and won multiple playoff games. They just haven't made it to the big game yet. Um, I feel like they're looking for fire this year. Like, they have a lot of, like, we got to do this this year. Like, now's our chance. So with that being said, I have them going 14 and 3, divisional record 4 and 2, and I have them securing the number 1 seed in the playoffs this year. I really think that Josh Allen will have an MVP year or like an MVP candidate type of year. Um though this Buffalo team did get very hardcore exposed by the Bengals last year in the playoffs in Buffalo in the snow. Um it was the game everyone was waiting for that we never got. And we finally did get it, and then it was not that good because we all knew the Bengals were going to win. Anyways, but yeah, 14-3, and 4-2, and they're getting the number one seed in the, AFC, in the AFC completely. Not the AFC East, completely. Yeah, so you and I are very similar in this, Carlin, because I've been doing very well as well. Now, really on paper, this team looks very similar to the way that they started last season. Last season, people had them as Super Bowl favorites. People had Josh Allen as an MVP favorite. They started off the year dominant last year, but then they kind of fizzled out a bit. And like you said, they got exposed by the Bengals. But 
Josh Allen. He has James Cook, Damian Harris as his running backs. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis are back. He has Don Kincaid now, rookie tight end. We've mentioned him in previous episodes. I know, too, that the Steelers starters kind of destroyed Buffalo's starters in the preseason, but I'm not going to take that into account too much. The other thing to take into account is Von Miller will miss the first four weeks. Now, when I did these rankings here, that I did them before I heard about Von Miller, so would I change much? Not really, because I still think they're a very good team. They did get Leonard Floyd, too, from the Rams. So I still like them. They have a very good secondary as well, as long as probably the best safety duo in the league with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. So I have the Bills going 13-4 and and also securing the one seed. Now, I won't spoil the AFC North. We'll do that in next episode. But I had the Chiefs going 13-4 and as well, but only getting the two seed because in week... Let me pull it up. What week is it? In week 14, the Bills and Chiefs play against each other in Arrowhead. I have the Bills winning that game. So I have them going 5-1 and one in the division. The only divisional loss I gave them... Let me scroll here. I have the Jets beating the Bills week 11. That is the only divisional loss I gave them. But I think the Bills will be the number one team in the AFC. Could that change? Maybe, but I'm high on them. And you'll see my playoff prediction in two episodes. I'm very high on them as well. So that is it for the AFC East. We will take a short break, but when we come back, we will talk about the NFC East, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. So stay tuned on Inside the Dome. Welcome back, everyone. Before the break, we broke down the AFC East, so now it is time to break down the NFC East, home of Lance's favorite team. We will definitely get to them, but we will start with the NFC East with the team that has tried to find a solidified name, and it might even change again soon in the future, but we will see. And that is the Washington Commanders. Now, just real quick before I ask you guys, I will just say this. This division last season was very competitive. The Eagles obviously dominated. The Cowboys were very good. And both the Giants and the Commanders were fighting for playoff spots. So last season, all of these teams were in the playoff race. So, Lance, how do you think the Commanders will be? Do you think they can fight for a playoff spot? This season. Now the commanders, I wouldn't count them out. So when you're talking about like last season, the NFC East was one of the stronger divisions in the NFL. Might've been like the strongest, but all these teams that we're talking about here have been able to manage a 0.500 winning percentage or above. So with the commanders, I think it's a possibility they could maintain the same the same thing like last year. So to start off, who are the new guys that have come into the commanders this season? First off, you have offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy 
who just came from the Chiefs. And then with the major change in the owner position with Dan Snyder gone, and now we have the new owner, Josh Harris, it has been a year of change for the commanders, a new system being operated by the new owner and the new offensive coordinator. And then with key players returning, such as Terry McLaurin and Brian Robertson Jr. And then now you have a an inexperienced NFL quarterback coming in who's going to get his first official start, the former UNC quarterback, Sam Howell. So this will be kind of like an introduction, kind of like a new slate. So I see the commanders are going back to – well, they're not going back, but they are in a – rebuilding phase they're in rebuilding mode so it's a whole new era with a whole new owner and still have coach ron rivera i think he'll still have the reins with the defense so with this new era in washington that we've been talking about with the first year of the new owner i would say they would go I think they'll do worse than last season, so I'll say they'll go 6-11 and 11 because they are still in this rebuilding phase and they're still trying to get things figured out. Okay, 6-11. and 11. Carlin, do you think they'll make the playoffs this year? No, absolutely not. Listen, right, they had a great year for some odd reason last year. I don't know if it's because the NFC East schedule was like easy for like a way to say it um obviously they had a tie last year with the new york giants and the new york giants got the better in the end of the deal going to the playoffs and beating minnesota which we'll get to in a minute um but yeah this team i feel like they're gonna digress um they don't really have a great starting quarterback sam how it's sam how right sam how's their starting quarterback yeah it's yeah. sam how sam how He's still very unproven, so we're going to see what happens there. Um, they have a whole new owner, like Lance said. They're kind of in a rebuilding mode. For that reason, I have them going 3-13-1. They're going to tie, wow. and I can tell you what game they're going to tie. We're not going to – they're going to tie the Chicago Bears. Huh. We'll get we'll get to that the next episode. But 3-13-1, they're going to go 1-5 in their division. But I think this team could be a very, very good team. Um, there's a lot of good things coming to Washington. Obviously, they have a brand new owner. Hopefully, going to get a new stadium because that stadium's like the worst stadium in the NFL. So, yeah, for that reason, I got them going three thirteen and one. Huh. I did not do any ties when I was doing my thing, but you have a tie. I like it. But yeah, like Lance and Carlin mentioned, the biggest story with the Commanders is new ownership. So, a lot of tickets have been selling for the start of this season. So, fans are optimistic for this team. But, Sam Howell is their starting quarterback. He started one game last year against Dallas, the final game, and he beat them too. He's looked pretty good in preseason. I kind of compare Sam Howell this year with Davis Mills last year. They had a rookie. They kind of liked him with how they saw him in their rookie season. So they let him be the starting quarterback year two, and they'll see how he does. This could be an instance where if Sam Howell does good, they'll roll with him going forward. But if he doesn't, then take a look at one of the QBs in the draft next year. So 
Big opportunity here for Sam Howe. He has Jacoby Brissett backing him up. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson are the two running backs. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Dotson's from Penn State. Got to support him. Curtis Samuel, too. So he's got good weapons as well. Not bad of an O-line. Their defense, not going to get too big in their defense because if you remember some episodes ago, we ranked the top defenses, and I had them ranked number 10 in the league. They have one of the best D-lines and pretty consistent secondary linebackers. Got to give a shout-out to Khalid Hudson, too. He is Dan's personal buddy. They know each other, so shout-out to Khalid Hudson as well. But I think on paper, they are not a bad team. And I think this division is still going to be competitive. But I have them going 7-10 and 10 because the other three teams in this division are also very good. I have them going 2-4 and four in the division. I have them beating the Cardinals week one, but the Cardinals are the worst team in the league. I have them losing to the Broncos, losing to the Bills, the Eagles. I'll say the only teams that I have them beating within the division, not the Giants. I have them beating the Giants once. I have them splitting the series against the Giants. And I have them actually beating the Cowboys week 18. Now, could be the same thing as last year, or that could be a situation where the Cowboys rest their starters, any type of scenario there. But I have the Commanders winning Week 18. That's a little upset I have there. But they're in a competitive division. They still have ways to go. Like Lance mentioned, they have Eric Bieniemy as their coordinator, so that could help Sam Howell a bit. We will see if that was just Mahomes' magic, or if Bieniemy is a legit coordinator. But that is my prediction for the Commanders. So moving on now to the Giants, the New York Giants. This is the second year for Brian Dabble. So, Carlin, how do you think the Giants will do this season? So, New York, let's talk about it. New York is going to be a very, very interesting team this year. A lot of teams are going to be very interesting. However, they have Saquon. They just signed a huge deal with Danny Dimes. And then the only other person they really got this offseason that's notable worthy is Darren Waller. Brian Dable is great head coach. Um, and everyone was watching that Minnesota Giants game, the whiteout game. And everyone said the Giants could have beat Minnesota. Playoffs came around and the Giants just did that. They beat Minnesota. It was crazy. I remember watching that game uh, where Kirk threw it like three yards on a fourth and ten. Still will never understand it to that day, except if you watch Netflix, they explain it. But anyways, New York Giants, Darren Waller, Danny Dimes, Saquon. I'm still not a big believer in Danny Dimes. I mean, he can get better over the years, but he hasn't looked the best. I have him going eight and nine. Um, with a divisional record two of four, I think they're going to be around the same as last year. Just apparently one game worse. So eight and nine. Okay. Uh, Lance, do you think they'll go eight and nine? Do you think they'll be better or worse than that? Yeah. So what I got is I think at most out of the expectations for the Giants this season would be aiming for a wild card spot possibly the very last seed. Now, with the Giants, it's kind of very similar to what Carlin said from earlier. Like, I don't think Danny Dimes is the man for the job, and I've had the same prediction as well. They're going to go 8-9. and nine. 
And so the question that I would have for the Giants this season is, are you able to win the big games? Because when we talk about the big games, especially taken into account from last season, the Giants went 2-7 and seven last season against winning opponents. So the main point I'm trying to make is they struggle in the big games. So, and an already competitive NFC East division, and taken from the record from last year on that position as well, they went 1-4-1. So they tend to do bad against the good teams, and they tend to do bad against... I think that's what I said, right? They tend to do bad against good teams, but they tend to do good against the bad teams. That's what I'm trying to get at. There you go. Yeah. So I expect that the Giants will have a slight dip from last season. So therefore, the main point is they'll go 8-9. and nine, And Daniel Jones has struggled to read the defenses in the passing game, which was problem number one from what I saw. The offensive line has struggled, no depth on the defensive line, and a mediocre tight end group. So those were the big takeaways that I got. So the Giants will be at most competing for a wild card spot for the very last seed, or they're not going to make the playoffs at all. Man, I think this is an interesting point here because you said 8-9. Carlin said 8-9. I'm saying 8-9 too. <laughs> we all have eight and nine here, so which is kind of crazy to think about. But the Giants, I think Lance, he brought up a great point with the Giants, how they can beat the worst teams. They really can. But when it comes to beating legitimate teams, they did against the Vikings in the playoffs last year. But I think that kind of questions how legitimate the Vikings were. But then they just got every time they played the Eagles three times, they lost all three times to the Eagles. So that's why I'm a bit cautious with them. I know Daniel Jones is improving. I know Dabble's a good head coach and they have more pieces too. Let me pull them up here. They have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley's back for another year. They have Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Wandell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, and Sterling Shepard as their receivers. Now, you wonder why I named six receivers right there. I feel like literally all six of them are wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes, but that is their wide receiver room right there. But their main target will be Darren Waller. So they have him, Andrew Thomas, arguably one of the best offensive tackles in the league. They improved on defense. They have guys like Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Thibodeau from last year, Adoree Jackson. They drafted Deontay Banks in the first round. Xavier McKinney they have too. So on paper, they do have a very good team. And that's why I have the 8 and 9, because while I do like them as a team, I just don't know yet if they can beat the really good teams. Like, I have them, actually, their divisional record, I have their, their divisional record being worse than I had the Commander's divisional record. I have them going 1 and 5 in the division. I have them losing a bunch of big games to the Cowboys, the Niners, the Seahawks, the Dolphins. Actually, I have them upsetting the Bills. I don't know if I like that or not, but I did that a couple weeks ago. I had to give the Giants an upset. But other than that, I have them beating the 
Commanders once, and that's the only win I gave them in the division. But other than that one upset I gave them, there's nothing else. They're essentially like the New England Patriots, like I mentioned earlier. I had the Patriots being 8-9. and nine. I just think the Giants will be a middle-of-the-red team. I'm not expecting too much from them. Hopefully more strides from Daniel Jones, but they're working their way up. I will say that. They are working their way up. They could surprise people. If they could win more big games, I think they'll surprise a lot of people. Daniel Jones can be more legitimate. They paid him to be legitimate, but they have to prove it. They really have to prove it. They got spanked in the playoffs once they played the Eagles. They have to be competitive against the Eagles. That is one thing they have to do. They're a divisional rival. They have to be competitive this year against the Eagles. So that's my thoughts on the Giants. Moving on, I will let you start with this, Lance. Your team, the Dallas Cowboys, how do you think they're going to be this season? So I feel pretty optimistic on how the Cowboys are going to perform this season. So I'm shooting four for more of an 11-6 record or more of a 12-5 record. So things to talk about here is if we if the Cowboys want to reach to that point, defense needs to show improvement if they want to reach those records, all right? They have had struggles stopping the run, and that means both running right through the center or running right out towards the edge. And the game to prove this that is still on my mind till this day was last year's game in Lambeau. We had a four, they had a 14-point lead against the Packers, and Packers just ran pretty much the same play, and they just handed in the ball to the running back, and he'll just run it, and he'll just get a good chunk of yards out of it. So that's a big one right there. And another important factor is can Dak make smarter decisions during game time because he was a – turnover machine with all those interceptions that he had and that costed us the playoff game against the 49ers so that was point number two now point number three is will they be able to get by with Mike McCarthy calling the shots by making the play calls on the offense now that's something that I tend to be a little bit skeptical about especially with last season like I didn't think that it was ideal to have Kellen Moore as the play caller with some of the stuff that he did. But anyways, I think, but on a positive note here on the optimistic side of things with the Cowboys, we have newcomers and Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. And then we have cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Um, So that's going to help put in a, more talented roster coming in. And I think that the Cowboys have one of the more talented rosters to come into the NFL and being able to play against postseason potential teams. So with that being said, I think the Cowboys will be able to have a good season this year. They may not be able to beat out the Eagles for the NFC East division title, but I think they'll still do good enough to where they'll get into the playoffs. So that's my take. All righty. I have a question for you real quick. So 
Big news with the Cowboys. Carla and I have been talking about it on the podcast, but Trey Lance is with the Cowboys now. Do you think this season he might start? Would you want him to start at any point this season? Right now he's listed as the third-string quarterback on the team on ESPN now. Right. ESPN has proven to be wrong sometimes. Look at Eli Apple. But do you think Trey Lance could start this season? I would think that would be funny if Trey Lance was able to take Dak Prescott's job because he's able to be more of an accurate passer than Dak could be. But I could see that kind of being a long ways from that. From now, I think Dak has kind of solidified his reputation that he has the experience. He's been in the NFL since 2016, and he's been able to play against tougher opponents at home and on the road. So with Trey Lance taking that position, I think that's going to be really hard to do considering the fact that you also have Cooper Rush that is in front of him. So if something drastic happens like, oh, Dak gets injured or Cooper Rush gets injured for some reason, then they're not going to be back. And we're in that desperate situation that, okay, we need to get like a third string quarterback quarterback like this is gonna be like we're on the line here then yeah I could see that happening but as of right now I think he's just gonna be still sitting on the bench and just keep working for that starting position or else he's gonna go somewhere else but that's how I see it all righty Carlin what do you think about them how what do you think about them boys how about them boys listen I like Dallas. I'm not going to lie. I know I'm a Steelers fan. Their fans are a little weird, except you, Lance. You're pretty awesome. Uh, (laughs) And your family. You and your family are pretty awesome. I haven't met your family, but if they're anything like you, you're awesome. Every other Cowboy fans is crazy, and they say every year it is this year. But the Cowboys, um, obviously you lost to CQ Elliott, but Tony Bollard, Tony Pollard, wow. I just combined three names into one. Tony Pollard balled out last season. He had a great season. He ran, I don't know how many yards he ran, but he ran a lot of yards. Um, and he did way better than Zeke. Zeke was a blocking running back, except in the uh, NFC Divisional. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so with that being said, the Cowboys have a great team. John and I have talked on recent on recent podcasts that we don't think Dak Prescott can carry the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. And I still stay stand by that. Okay. I said I said at some point throughout the season, I think Trey Lance will start as a Dallas Cowboy. He is listed as number three, but I have a feeling he will play at some point, whether they go to week eighteen and they secure a playoff spot and then they throw him in. Or they Dak is playing that bad and they have to put someone else in. So, with that being said, I have the Cowboys going 12-5, and five, which is right around New Lance, actually. 4-2 and two in Divisional, and they secure the fifth seed in the NFC playoffs. I really like things that are going to happen in Dallas. Um, if they play my fourth seed, which they would in my case scenario, they would have to play the Saints, and that could be a very easy win for that. We'll get into that in a couple not next episode, the following episode when we go to the playoff predictions. But yeah, 12 and 5, 4 and 2. I think Dak might get pulled at some point this season, whether, like I said, at the end or the middle. But 
I yeah, like I, like John and I said, and like you just said, we don't think Dak Prescott's the answer. He hasn't played that good, so. So, Carlin, you said twelve and five and four and two. Yes, that's exactly what I got. But, really? Yeah, but uh, Lance, real quick, I just want to ask you. Carlin said Dak is not the answer. Do you think that? I wholeheartedly agree with what Carlin has said. Now, with Dak Prescott, he will take you past a regular season with a good record, but in the playoffs, he never shows up. That's the problem is with the playoffs. And going back with the Trey Lance situation, like, okay, like he may get starting job if Dak plays badly, like when worse comes worse. Yeah, they'll do something about it. But I think it's just favoritism that's involved with it too because Jerry Jones has a really big thing for players and coaches that he knows. And just going by off of experience as a Cowboys fan for like the past 20 years of my life, I've experienced like the Jason Garrett situation where we kept him for a good long time when we should have gotten rid of him back in like 2012. But that was just simply because Jerry Jones liked him and he knew him since Jason Garrett was a second string quarterback throughout the nineties. And then in Dak Prescott's situation, I think Jerry Jones has a lot of love for him and I, it's going to be hard to break through that favoritism barrier. So the only way I could see Trey Lance starting as quarterback is if situation is in a dire position to where we need some fresh young talent. So yeah, I could see that, but it's just like, could you break through that favoritism barrier? So that's just kind of like a different position that I take from it. But yeah, I could see from Carlin's point of view and I do agree with him. Like I've, I've had plenty of frustrations with the way Dak has played sometimes and sometimes with the decisions that he makes during the game, it just makes you wonder, right? Especially during the playoff game with the 49ers, like we've had, there were plenty of like instances, especially not being able to go back to the NFC championship game since 1995. So yeah, I agree with what Carlin has been saying. 100%. Yeah, I'll keep my thoughts Short and sweet with the Cowboys. I've talked about them a lot in previous episodes. I don't think Dak's the answer either. I thought about that after last year's playoffs. I think Dak kind of cost them the game. And I think they really, I don't think they'll ever win a Super Bowl with him. So Trey Lance is very interesting for them. But story to follow throughout the season. Tony Pollard, you guys mentioned he's still on the team. Very good. I always liked the Pollard and Zeke combo. I thought they complemented each other very well. So we'll see if Rico Dowled, that's the second string running back, or Deuce Vaughn can step up too. Like Lance mentioned, they got Brandon Cooks to go alongside CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Great trio to have there. Very good O-line. Defense, I had their defense like number three in our defense rankings. I've always liked their defense, and for that reason, I have them going 12 and 5 and 4 and 2 in the division. I think they'll be a very good team. Playoffs are another story. We'll get to that in two episodes from now. But 
during the regular season, I have them winning the first four games. I have them beating teams like the Jets and Patriots, losing to the Niners in Week 5. That's one big loss. I have them losing to the Eagles in Week 9. I have them... No, so I have them. I've been going on a nice four-game win streak after that. I've been beating the Eagles in Week 14, but then losing to the Bills and Dolphins after that, and then losing to the Commanders in Week 18. So I have them being the five seed, obviously, because the Eagles will win the division. But I like the Cowboys, at least in the regular season. So moving on, final team here, the Philadelphia Eagles. Carlin. How do you think the Philadelphia Eagles will be this season? Oh, man, I keep muting my mic, and then I try to go, like, to reach the button to unmute it. And, like, the little thing on our uh, recording thing, it's, like, very hard to, like, if you miss it, like, it will go away. I don't know. It's weird. So sorry. I could rant about that for 10 minutes. But the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) I don't think they did anything but get better last year. People are calling them the Philadelphia Georgia dog. No, the Georgia. What, what was it? We called it them literally a couple episodes ago. I think you called them the Philadelphia Bulldogs. The Philadelphia yeah. Bulldogs. That's what I called them. Um, and that's what they are. They got so many defensive players this year just to get better. They had a great defense last year. I think Dallas had a better defense. And I would have loved to see Dallas versus Philadelphia last year because that probably would have been a better NFC championship um, than what we got. Obviously, Brock Purdy didn't get hurt. I think it would have been a great NFC championship. But to see uh, to see the Dallas Cowboys go into the Lincoln Financial Field, I honestly think it would have been a great NFC championship. I still think the same outcome would have happened. But anyways, their offense still killer offense. Their defense, eh. Not so much. Um, they just, but they fixed that this draft. They got a bunch of players. I like them a lot. I think they lost their defensive coordinator. Correct? They lost some to Arizona. Arizona has the head coach. He's the new head coach, which will be very, very interesting to see this year. Um, with their new head coach, I don't think a lot of Philly people liked him, anyways. Uh, Nick Sirianni is a great head coach, great offensive head mind. Jalen Hurts. Um, they just got. Oh, what's his name? DeAndre Swift. Everyone keeps saying to get Jonathan Taylor with them to match that. And I think it's just because I keep saying all like in the comments on NFL TikToks, like the girls going, get Taylor so we can have Taylor Swift in the backfield for the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, they have a great running back situation, great offense. Um, Marcus Mariota is the backup quarterback, which I kind of like just in case. If they need him, and they will need him because they will secure that buy. Not that buy. So sorry. They will secure a playoff spot. I got him going 12 and 5 with the divisional record of 5 and 1. Honestly, I think it's going to be last year with the Cowboys situation um, where they could flip back at any point. Like if Philadelphia loses one game, the Cowboys can easily uh, win the division. I think that's how it can go this year, um, except they will play each other two times and those games will decide it. But I'm getting the number three spot in the NFC playoffs. So, Okay. I like it. Lance, thoughts on the Eagles this season? Yeah. So I believe that the Eagles will be a lot like last year. I think they'll still, they'll still have that NFC division championship 
within their um, trophy case. So deciding factor with the Eagles, I think they have the deepest roster in the NFL per se. And with the deepest roster in the NFL, the key player here is Jalen Hurts. He is the guy for the team. And so with all that being said, I think the Eagles will go with a 14-3 and record. And I would say chances are, I think they have the best chances of going to the Super Bowl out of any team in the NFL for this year. I think they retain most of that talent from last year and just building upon that, like they've gotten better, just like what Carlin said with um, the Philadelphia Bulldogs, especially when you're looking back at the draft when they got Jalen Carter and they also picked up another guy from Georgia. His name is, what is it, like Nick? It's like Nick somebody. Uh, you're not talking about Jalen uh Nolan Smith? Yeah, Nolan Smith, not Nick, Nolan Smith with those guys. Um, so, And the Eagles have done pretty well against high-quality opponents from the last season as well. So I think they'll come back strong this year, and it will be a back-and-forth situation between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think this would be like one of my more one of the most anticipated matches for me this year is just to watch between both of these teams play. Um, so with that being said, I think the Eagles will be making their return into the Super Bowl or deep in the postseason with a 14-3 and record. Okay. Uh, Carlin, I just want to ask you real quick, since we're keeping track of our rankings, who did you have winning the NFC East, the Cowboys or Eagles? Uh, Eagles, uh, because they beat the Cowboys with divisional record. Okay, because you had them you know both I mean? going 12-5. and five. Yeah, yeah, I do have them going 12-5. Okay. And, and like I said... That can flip flop. I honestly could see flip flopping this year, but yeah, told them, uh, them going first. Cowboys second, Giants three, Commanders fourth. Okay, just making sure. So, I will probably be the most generous out of all of you for the Eagles. I really like them this season. Even going back to the top ten teams ranking, I had them at number one. But I like them. You could argue that they even got better than last season in some aspects. I'll disagree a little bit, but at least on defense. But offense, you have Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's very good. Running backs, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny were brought in too. If they can stay healthy, that is very deadly. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown is arguably the best, one of the best duos in the NFL. Dallas Goddard still there. The Eagles have the best O-line in the league, in my opinion, with Maliata, Dickerson, Kelsey, Jurgens, and Lane Johnson. Defense. The only ways that I think the defense got worse was at safety. They lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and in comes Terrell Edmonds, who was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he wasn't bad for us. It was unfortunate to lose him, but he's essentially going to be their starting safety alongside Reed Blankenship. So. That's the only question mark, too. And their starting linebackers are kind of different. They lost Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. And now in the Kobe Dean, Zach Cunningham are in the starting lineup. 
but their D-line has insane depth. You got Brandon Graham, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis. I mean, the list goes on. Howie Roseman just keeps replenishing the defensive line. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox as the top three corners. I have them doing very well this season. I have them going 15-2, and two actually, this season. They will be... They will win the NFC East. They will be the second seed to the 49ers. I will talk about their playoff performance two episodes from now, but looking at their record, let me pull it up. The only two losses I will give the Eagles this year, and I think I've said them, once against the 49ers, which will determine the one seed in Week 13, and once against the Cowboys in Week 14. That game is in Dallas. so. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to be just as good as they were last season. They only lost three games last year, and two of those games were without Jalen Hurts. So ideally, if Jalen Hurts is there, I have full faith in this Eagles team. I have them only losing two games in the regular season. I will get to their playoff performance two episodes from now, but that is my thoughts on the Eagles. So, can we, Wait, but wait, who do you have them losing to? I said the Niners and Cowboys. The Niners and the Cowboys. Cowboys at home or yeah. Cowboys away? Cowboys at home. Cow- Ooh. Is that who they play yeah. last in Week 18? Nah, that is Week 14. Week 18, they play the Giants. Oh, yeah. No, they'll be... Okay, interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So, real quick. Uh, Carlin, any final thoughts on the AFC East or NFC East? Any final thoughts? I honestly believe that like these are the two best divisions in football right now. Besides the AFC North, I would put the AFC North up in there. We'll get to that. But not talking AFC North, both the East are crazy. And they are going to be good football. And who knows? Like we said, the Jets, we are all hoping on. I'm really hoping on the Jets going 12-5. You guys are saying 10-7. They could go 4-13. and We have no idea. Same thing with these other teams. The Giants could honestly win the division. They're not going to, but you get my point. Anything can happen, and I'm so ready. We are only days away from playing football, and it's going to be a good time. Can't wait to Lance is our second-ever guest speaker. On this podcast, shout out to my sister, Emily, for being the first guest speaker. But, Lance, any final thoughts on these two divisions? The thing that is interesting about these two divisions is just that the fact that I think they'll be the hardest divisions in the NFL this year. Maybe the AFC North to include them in that too, but with just looking at the Jets storyline of how Aaron Rodgers was coming and then you had all these changes and picking up from the trade. It's just very promising and I'm really looking forward to seeing what this Jets team can do. This is going to be one of the more entertaining teams to watch this season to see how they became from last season with Zach Wilson and a struggling offense this year with Aaron Rodgers leading the charge with a rejuvenated offense. 
and a highly competitive AFC East division with the Bills and the Dolphins. And then with the NFC East, it's going to be retained mostly just similarly, similarly like last year, where you have teams like the Cowboys, the Eagles, possibly the Giants, that are going to maintain a, a .500 winning above a above a .500 winning percentage. So I, I'm really looking forward to NFL weekend. I think it's going to be a very enjoyable season coming up. So I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I like it. Thank you very much for that. So that's going to do it for us today. Thank you all for listening to this episode. My laptop's going crazy right now, so I better wrap it up. We've been going like over an hour at this point, but there's three of us here. So thank you all for listening. Our last episode, actually not our last episode, our next episode will be the AFC North and the NFC North that will drop tomorrow from when this records or from when this releases. So stay tuned for that episode. And then on Thursday, we will drop our playoff predictions episode right before the NFL season starts. So make sure to stay tuned for those two episodes. Make sure to stay tuned for our college football episode that we will probably drop this week as well. So a lot of content coming out. You can follow us on our Instagram, our Twitter slash X, our TikTok. You can find all of those links in the link in bio as well as all of our podcast platforms that we're on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Overcast, go to the podcast website and you can click the link in bio there. Other than that, Lance, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Lance. Really appreciate it. It was great having a guest speaker and someone who's not a Steelers fan or a delusional Patriots fan. So, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you guys for inviting me on. Yeah, yeah, for we sure. We'll try to get you on. We'll try to get you on another time too. Plenty of episodes yeah. coming out. Plenty of football as well. So we will definitely try to yeah. get you on yeah. again. But thank you all very much with guest speaker Lance Johnson and Carlin Jacob. I'm John Dodaro. Have a great day, everyone, and see you next time on Inside the Dome. Mm-hmm.